Hey, I just called it off Smith with my buddies. I know him. I forgot to tell y'all. Yo, that shit smells good as fuck. Well, you know what I'm saying? This shit was fire as fuck. Something is sticking wrong. It makes me laugh all day long. It's hosted by some Jews. They drink a lot of booze. They talk about the news. And baby, no fisting, no everything. No little tickle your feet with a bed. While you're tied up in bondage letters. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, Steve Simon. I'm Harrison. It's cracking there, Harrison. <sighs> I'm just longing for the embrace of the black womb. Yeah. <laughs> one day it will come yeah hopefully sooner rather than later you know i was thinking about this the other day um i had a funny story in san francisco that you might be able to uh i guess relate to that i, I forgot to tell you about the, the pineapple story so when i was there i was uh hanging out with my sister and her husband jeremy and we drove up to uh what is that san like santa rosa area because my cousin lives there. And I think you might remember my cousin. Remember, she's the one who freaked out on my other cousin who, who said a racial epithet in, oh, in front yeah. of her. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. She's like a you know, very proud feminist from Berkeley. And you know, she's very, very Bay Area. And will not, you know, suffers no fools when it comes to like any kind of race, racist humor. Yeah. And I think he just kind of was clueless because he's from Chicago. And yeah, just, I remember he think said about like... I, I think he said dothead. Camel jockeys or Camel jockeys. No, he's yeah, a camel yeah. jockey. He's like, ah, oh, the neighborhood's all camel jockeys. And <sighs> she just became enraged along with her sister. But anyway, you know, I don't get... That's, she's my second cousin. My first uh, cousin's I believe, her mom. I believe these days the proper nomenclature D is Hodges. Hodges, okay. I wonder if that would elicit the same reaction, though. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you, no, you're not actually supposed to say. Oh. You, did you think I was serious? <laughs> no, that's what that's what um, is that the Iraqi soldiers that's what say that veterans? Yeah, that's what the, the yeah. U.S. soldiers in in Iraq and Afghanistan call any oh, Arab person. What what does that Hajis. come from? What's a Haji? It's from Johnny Quest. Oh, Johnny Quest. Remember Sim Sim Salabim? Yeah, Sim Sim Salabim. Haji. Yeah. That's not even. He wasn't even. Arabic, or the en- the enemies specifically. No, he wasn't. It's that's why it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could have been Pakistani, maybe you know, but yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's close enough. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I, I I drove up. I hadn't seen her in a little while. She had a kid, so we went to, to go hang out and have lunch with her and her kid. And she's my second cousin. My first cousin's her mother. So we drive all the way up to Santa Rosa. We're having lunch at some restaurant, and her husband. He's a nice guy, but it's funny because he's very, like, goyish, if I had to say <laughs> a good description, which is a, a, a Yiddish term for Gentile. But he's, he just, I he's, know what goyish no, means. I'm, I'm explaining the... it for the oh, people okay. who All don't right. know the term. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, 
but you know, obviously. But I uh, sometimes th- I forget there's an audience. Well, you remember some girl actually emailed the show saying like, mm. "You got to explain the terms you use." So okay, mm. whatever. Goyasha is like this. I guess it's kind of a derogatory term that Jews use for uh, for Gentiles. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, he's kind of like that. He kind of looks like Ned Flanders. He's very, uh, you know, he's very crafty. He can go build you a fucking birdhouse or something or fix your car. You know, loves sports. But he's a super nice guy, you know. And, and so anyway, he and his wife, who's my second cousin, they just get into like battles, like vicious battles, which my cousin said is very healthy. Like it's healthy to get into these confrontations because it's a symbol of love. Yeah, it's healthy to fight. It's true. But in front of people, maybe no, it's because we're weird. family that's, that yeah, she that she doesn't think it's weird. But it's like he would just she would say something and he'd be like, that's not what happened. And then she's be like, yes, it, he's, yes, that's it. he's like, no. Once again, you are forgetting details, key details. And then she'd be like, calm down. And then they just start yelling at each other. And then it would like escalate into like. You know, I can't fucking stand when you're like this. And then all of a sudden, she just yelled. This happened three times. She just yelled, pineapple. Mm. <laughs> and we're all, me and my sister and, and Jeremy were just like, what? What? And then, and then it was stopped. It was done. And then we moved on to a different subject. Mm. And then we were talking for a bit. And then they would get into another, you know, uh, another little uh, tiff. And it would escalate. And then she would be like, Pineapple. And that's the safe word. Because I asked her about it. I was like, what does pineapple mean? And she's like, oh, that's our safe word. That means you have to stop arguing and stop talking completely and, and just have a little moment to rest. And I, I was just stunned. Have you ever heard of this? No. <laughs> okay, all right. It's not normal. I knew that. My sister was like, oh, I think a lot of couples do this. You know, it's if, you know, it's a way just to kind of like take a breather. And I'm like, that's not normal. So they have to, why don't, why did she just say, they're already fighting in, was this in a restaurant? Yeah, we were outside on a patio at this restaurant. You're already like making an idiot out of yourself. Why, (laughs) why, you know, why don't you say like, let's step back for a second. Why do you need to use a special word? I guess what my sister said is they went to couples counseling and the therapist said, you need to have a word that signifies the end of the argument. And that word for them is pineapple. And by the way, I know like, you know, <laughs> some fighting is healthy and, you know, sometimes it's about little minor things. What you described to me sounds absolutely fucked in, it, it, in a lot of it, ways. Because A, you don't do it in front of other people unless you want people to just avoid you forever. Well, she um, kind of apologized, but then she's like, but you're family. And I was just like, I guess, but... What about the people in the restaurant? Well, yeah, you know? the other people that were mm. standing, standing there looking like, what the fuck? Because, I mean, they were raising their voices. Mm. And also the way what you what the what you were paraphrasing them saying is also kind of bananas as a fight. Like well, that's I, just they, that's just two people that fucking hate each other. It, it was you like. know it's weird. It was just like mm. they've been married for a, probably I don't know like seven or eight years, but it's like they just it's just like they snap at each other. Like she'll mm. she'll start talking about a show on Netflix she watches, and then she'll get the actor wrong. And then he'll mm. be like, "It wasn't Paul Rudd." You always think everyone is Paul Rudd. And then they would just, and it would go off from there and to like escalate into an argument. And then one of them would bust out the pineapple and that would shut it down. Usually her. So they basically like pick your battles. They pick every battle. Yeah, you never knew what yeah. would erupt into a battle. 
Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, I guess I haven't spent much time with him because usually I see her when she's down here visiting her mom. And I and she doesn't usually he doesn't come down because he's working, so this was kind of a you know it was atypical for me to be in the Bay Area mm-hmm. and we drove up there, so I haven't spent as much time with him or with them as a couple. So I I don't know if this is normal, but the way she said and it, even with him there she would you know they she would say pineapple, and then there would be this eerie calm, for a bit, and then we'd start talking about and then she'd start talking about something else, and then at one point she said you know we fight a lot. But at the same time, she's like, it's healthy. And that's what fighting, fighting is healthy in a relationship that shows passion, that shows love. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just kind of like, okay, you know, you know, fucking squeaky from, I don't, yeah, I don't even yeah. know what the Leslie Van Houten, I don't even know what's going on, but I just wanted to leave, go back, uh, I don't know, go back home or something. But I, I was wondering that, do you, so you're, you have to have a safe word. Do you have a safe word? For sex? Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's finger snapping. Oh, it's just it's just snapping. Yeah, yeah. I guess like that three, makes sense because what if your mouth is you know exactly. muffled? Exactly. So yeah, you know you wouldn't be able to to say something. <laughs> exactly correct. <laughs> but Good did thinking. but have you met like girls that are just like this is my safe word? What if it's a safe word that's just like you know like caterpillar or something dragonfly? I will. I will. Uh, I... <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'll I'll switch them to my way of doing it. You you'll know? just be like, no, you got to snap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you've never had a safe word for, for arguments, I guess. No, that's insane. I mean, but then again, maybe if you did, you wouldn't have got stabbed in the leg. Oh, there was nothing I could have done <laughs> to not get stabbed in the leg, dude. You don't think pineapple would have worked? Oh, yeah, pineapple. <laughs> that would have enraged her more. Yeah, pineapple. After the third time, she hit me in the head with a wooden club. You know, I thought when she first said pineapple, I thought she wanted the waitress to throw a pineapple at his head mm. or something. I mean, she, we did take a breather for her to like tie a tourniquet oh, uh, around my leg and then bleeding wound, fucking thrashing me. <laughs> yeah, I think you're beyond pineapple at that mm-hmm. point. Way beyond pineapple. You know who probably, well, I guess who could have used a safe word but definitely did not have one is uh, Dexter. Oh, ever, yeah, sure. Were you ever a fan of that show? I watched the whole thing. I would oh, not you watched call the whole thing? I did. All, what, six oh, seasons? Yeah. Oh, my oh, God, yeah. I never finished. I, I think I, I gave up. I get invested, up. and it's like, but it's like, it got just worse and worse and worse and worse. It was so bad. Um, the, the height of it was the second season. Yeah, that was my, the firebug. Firebug. Remember the girl that was like the the you know the uh, pyro pyro. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the, the term best is season. firebug. That was oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, she. That, that's she not was the so most hot. memorable thing about her. I remember just her being. Oh my god, psychotic. So I don't remember her. Oh, don't lust you, for arson. And right? that was that was her thing. She like burned down homes because she was like a maniac. But she was so hot. She was very hot. Yeah, and, but, and but very much one. my type. You know? Oh, yeah, my Ted, too. Mm. Even, like, the fact that she's, like, an insane pyromaniac, I'm still really into it. But then it was, like, completely downhill. Like, I'm trying to think. There was this one where he had his serial killer buddy. 
Remember that? And they both would do like, we're going to kill together. With the chick, the, uh, what's her name? Julia Stiles or whatever. Yeah, Julia Stiles. Like, yeah, she yeah, was yeah. like his protege. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a guy that was from like LA Law that was like his buddy too that wanted to learn how to do Jimmy it. Jimmy Smiths. Jimmy Smiths. Yeah. Yeah, that was stupid. The only part that was all right was, um, John Lithgow. Oh, was John kind Lithgow. Of fun. That was actually, yeah, yeah. that was a good season. Was that yeah, a that later was, season or is that? Yeah, it was. It was a later season. Yeah. And then he, and then there was another stupid one with fucking Colin Hanks. That sucked. Remember that? I don't think I saw that one. I think I stopped. I saw Lithgow. I remember. I think I saw. I stopped watching during Julia Stiles. Mm. I I couldn't watch the Jimmy Smith season. I did watch the Lithgow Mm. season. I like. Oh, and there was some of it with that blonde chick. Um, that was that was all right. You know the um, the fuck is the blonde? She was on that show. Um, Chuck or something. Oh, wait, was that his his uh, girlfriend that was killed? No, not her. She was because that was my favorite she, moment of the show when they finally yeah. dispatched that annoying chick. Yeah, my God, she was annoying. Oh God, no, that was so uh, great. her name uh, is. I, I can't. Know. I can't remember mm-hmm. a blonde girl. I also didn't like his sister. Yvonne Strahovski. I still have no idea. Blonde, I probably know yeah, if I saw she was, her. Yeah, she was. Uh, his like love interest after that point, and she was she was fun, but other than that, largely terrible. And his sister, mm. I, c- I couldn't even stand looking at her. Mm. Like just she looked like the, like anorexic and just annoying, and like the the constant swearing, which just seemed very out of character. Yeah, and then there was that other guy who was like manorexic on that show. Is that the Asian guy that was the pervert? No, the skinny guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> idiot cop. Who knows. I don't know. I, I kind of I kind of stopped watching it. But the reason I'm talking about Dexter, what brought yeah. Dexter to mind, is I was reading about this uh, this serial killer. Is uh, we're gonna profile a serial killer here on Sick and Wrong because not enough podcasts do that. Mm. Um, but this guy was kind of like a real life Dexter, this Brazilian guy. And I, you know, oftentimes when I do when we talk about serial killers on the show. You know, I, I don't want to do ones that are on like all the other podcasts about serial killers because there's a million podcasts right now about serial killers. But yeah. I don't know. I, I couldn't really find much information about this guy. And I, I, I don't even remember where it came came around. It's like usually when we're looking for intros, you know, we'll either have something that we want to do or I have this like backlog of, of you know, a folder called intros on my Gmail. And so I was like kind of looking through being like, have we done all these? Because sometimes fans recommend stuff. But I saw this you know, a link to this article about this guy and I couldn't really find all that much information on him. So I don't know if we're like going to be the podcast that breaks the story on, uh, on the, the Dexter Brazilian Dexter serial killer here, Hmm. but who knows? It was a rather cursory search for him. So maybe there are a million podcasts that do it, but they're not going to do it as well as us. (laughs) Right. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) So uh, the guy's name is Pedro Rodriguez Filho. He's Brazilian. He's known as the Pedrinho Matador, the Killer Petey, is I guess his nickname, Killer Petey. But he earned the nickname later on. In the beginning, he was just Pedro. Uh, But he's a serial killer who killed other criminals. And uh, he's responsible. I mean, this guy's prolific. This guy is responsible for 70 murders, 10 of which committed before the age of 18. Damn, dude. Yeah. That's what's crazy about this. How many? How many? 70. Oh, my God. Yeah, 70, 70 murders, 10 done before the age of 18. But then again, it's Brazil. 
You know, I think you could commit murders when you're like seven years old there and no one cares. Like, did you ever see it? What was that movie? Uh, City of God. City of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Great you got movie. like eight-year-olds with the AKs walking around. Um, so yeah, Pedrino, Mat- Pedrino Matador, Killer PD here, um, was born in a, uh, on a farm in uh, Santa Rita do Supachai, Brazil. I have no idea where that is. Um, but he was born with a damaged skull. Uh-huh. which was indirectly inflicted by his father when he physically abused his, uh, Philho's mother while she was pregnant. This is how you birth a monster. You know, you beat the shit out of your mom, out of, the, you know, your wife when she's pregnant. Right. So this kid was, you know, physically deformed. Like he had this damaged skull. And not to mention after this, he was like, you know, physically abused by his father throughout his childhood. So, I mean, he just grew up, you know, just in this like milieu of violence um, he worked in a slaughterhouse for chickens. <laughs> so he's like yeah. in direct contact with death. You know, so, so this guy, you know, there's no way this guy is not going to end up murdering people at the age of 10. It's like the perfect uh, you know, recipe for that. So he said he first, and the, the other thing about this guy too, he's very outspoken, but most, and you can find, uh, you can find interviews with him. He also has his own YouTube show, mm-hmm. um, but it's all in Portuguese. So good luck being able to understand it. But he's very outspoken about his murders. In fact, he kind of comes across like uh, just very arrogant. Um, kind of like a, a president that we know. But uh, he's just very outspoken about it. And so he talks about it. And he, he said he first felt the urge to kill when he was 13 years old. He got an argument with his cousin. And he tried to force, like push his cousin's head into a sugar cane press. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but he was stopped. By family members. So, I mean, he brought this up. This story hasn't been corroborated, so I don't know if that's true or not. But that, he said that was the first time he ever felt the urge to kill. Hmm. But he didn't actually kill someone until he was 14 years old. So he, his father at the time was working at a high school kitchen. And he was accused of stealing, or he was working as a security guard for a high school. And he was accused of stealing food by the vice mayor of the town that they lived in. And uh, yeah, and then the vice mayor fired him. In vengeance, young 14-year-old uh, Philho here took a shotgun and, uh, yeah, shot the, uh, the vice mayor Ooh, at the age man. of 14. And a month later, he ended up killing another guard at the school because he found out that that guy actually was the real thief. Hmm. And he tried to blame it on This guy tried to pin it on his father. So I think that was like the first time we had this kind of twisted sense of, I guess, justice. You know, so um, after that happened, he had to get out of town. And so he moved to Sao Paulo, um, where he kind of became like a like a bit of a local burglar. Um, and during this time, he got into a skirmish with this because there's all sorts of gangs that kind of ran those favelas. He got into a, a kind of a turf battle, I guess, sort of with another gang. And he killed this drug or uh, he killed a drug dealer during a burglary. And so after that, that kind of started this gang war. And uh, he started kind of like, I guess kind of like a Scarface kind of thing. Where he started rose the ranks of like developing his own criminal like organization. Uh, but meanwhile, you know, he was like killing other gang members and other drug dealers. And during this time, he met the love of his life. This oh. woman named Maria Olympia, who he later, uh, she became engaged to. She was his fiancée. But it was right around, like, before they were about to get married, uh, she was brutally murdered. 
and raped by a rival gang. Like, and so this, I think, is where he had this like transformation of character. I mean, he was already a homicidal maniac, but now it became like this sense of like, I guess, justice, like vigilante justice. Mm-hmm. He uh, hunted down each and every one of them. It's almost like Death Wish, isn't it? Wasn't that the story of, of Death Wish with Bronson? I wish I was dead. Oi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. I think, I think Jeff I, Goldblum was he in, in a that? gang. Yeah, he was. Because he's a, young he, Jeff that's Goldblum. That's what you think of when you think gang member. You think, think Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they, they uh, killed his uh, wife, right? What? Did they like rape, murder his wife, and then... Something like that. Yeah, yeah, he went out and got vengeance. So Philo not only hunted all these guys down and killed people along the way to find out each one you know that participated in the murder, but he committed a massacre during a wedding organized by the gang's leader. So if the gang that murdered his wife, the gang's leader was getting married, so he committed a massacre. Uh, he and his friends brutally murdered seven people during the mm-hmm. wedding and injured 16 others. Not even He wasn't even 18 years old. You know, Charles Bronson just changed his name to that because he, when he first got to Hollywood, he was living on Bronson. What was uh, his real name? Something real Jewy. I don't know. <laughs> was he Jewish too? Yeah, yeah. God, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, do you know Paul Rudd's Jewish? Um, I didn't, but I'm uh, surprised. Well, I don't know for sure, but uh, I was talking to someone. They were telling me about that Between Two Ferns movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently Zach Galifianakis was interviewing Paul Rudd, and he asked him at one point, he was like, so what advice do you have for aspiring young actors to hide their Jewishness? Mm. And uh, he was in a Paul Rudd. And I was just thinking, like, I guess I never really would have thought about that. But I kind of, I kind of have this like, I don't know, particular strain of just animosity for Jews that are very attractive, right? Like the Maroon Five guy, mm-hmm. or uh, or yeah, or I guess Paul Rudd. It's like, where did you get these traits? Because well, <laughs> we all have like, you know, we should have just like, you know, fucked up jeans and big noses and frizzy hair, right? Like, where, where how did you? not have this these how can you pass for like a shrieking guy? dwarf creatures yeah shrieking dwarf mm. que- creatures that's what we are mm. i don't get that so anyway he went full on bronson murdered a bunch of people at this wedding and uh and a few months after this massacre it, keep in mind it was, this was the wedding of what one of the people responsible for killing is the leader the fiance? leader of the gang that uh, okay. that uh that brutalized and murdered his wife Wow. So he hunted them all down, not even 18 years old. So he got them all in one place, the wedding, right? And well, he, he had murdered people along the way to find mm-hmm. out who did it. I and see. when he finally found out who did it, they were like, it was this gang, this mm-hmm. guy, and he's getting married. So he waited for the wedding and then just went in with his crew <laughs> and just murdered people, you know, murdered seven people and then injured 16 other people. Wow. It's ruthless. The doors shut and just boom. Just open fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a Tarantino film. Um, but yeah, the guy wasn't even 18. And the, what's, what I find bizarre, but then I keep thinking it's Brazil. You got to understand it's Brazil, like during the 80s. Um, he just was never even arrested. Like they, they couldn't find him. Mm. I mean, did the cops just not go into the favela, like the favelas? Just, we're just going to leave that alone. Uh, I think that lawless the case for a while, yeah. <laughs> so months after this wedding massacre, he discovered that the boyfriend of his favorite cousin had impregnated her, but refused to marry her. 
And so he hunted that guy and shot him down in revenge, which I find exceptionally harsh. Like, you know, come on. He's neglectful and he sucks, but do you really have to murder the absentee father? Right. Yeah. You know, God, he's not like, you know, gang raping people. And then here, this is the like coup de gras. So later he found out that his father, who he had like, you know, that was the first murder he committed was because his father was fired and he murdered because, because the guy uh, besmirched his father's honor. We later found out that his father was in prison for murdering and dismembering his mother with a machete. My God. Yeah, so he went into prison to visit him, stabbed him, like shanked him 22 times, and then carved his heart out and ate a piece of it. How did he sneak a fucking shank into the prison? That's the thing that I, and miraculously, once again, not arrested, left the prison. Mm. I don't even know how that would happen. He like got in there, but the, but you know once again Brazilian prisons. Yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah. the body count at this point, I mean the guys probably like, just slipped a guard a candy bar. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, all right, <laughs> an orange soda. Yeah, it's like yeah, it got in there. So, uh, so at this point, this is where he earned the nickname Pedrino Matador, the Killer PD. And he was kind of feared amongst the slums. And finally, he was arrested May twenty fourth, nineteen seventy three. And they arrested him. They finally hunted him down, got him, put him in a police car with two other criminals, one of whom was a rapist. Guess who did not survive the drive to prison? Oh, shit. Dude. Yeah. They opened the door and there was a dismembered rapist. Mm. And he like, <laughs> cut to pieces. This guy's and brutal. They're like, Petey. Killer he did Petey. It again. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta play the music. That's Petey. Um, that's Petey. Mm. Don't put him in the back of. You don't put him in a truck with a rapist. No. But so now he's in prison, and Brazilian prisons are notorious. I mean, it's I couldn't even imagine. I'd rather be in a Mexican prison or a Peruvian prison than a Brazilian prison. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Didn't we do that story not too long ago where the guy's daughter came in and he tried to dress up like her to get out of yes. it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and then they, you know, they often have these riots in there where like 500 people were murdered. Yes. And burned alive. You know, it's just, it just seems like just a hellish place. Well, so this, now you get this guy, Petey, who's, you know, the, the Pedrino Matador. He's got this whole reputation and he's put in prison. And, you know, everyone knew that he was a killer of criminals because they probably killed people that they, you know, were in gangs with. So the majority of the prison population just hated him. So on a daily basis, he was attacked. In one attack, he was attacked by five inmates. He was ambushed. He killed three of them and injured the other two. And if you look at a picture, I'll post some pictures on the site. He's not like, you know, Killer Croc or something. You know, he's, he's probably your, your, your size. Yeah. But I mean, what the fuck? I guess well, with like his... That- Remember that scene in the second season of Daredevil where the Punisher goes to prison? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kills everybody. Yeah. But that's the same thing. It's like every, I mean, he put all those people in prison, didn't he? And then murdered all their like family. Uh, no, he just had to, you know, he just got attacked by a bunch of, but dudes. I thought they're all mobsters. I thought he murdered a lot of their family members. Uh, he murdered uh, a bunch of, you know, probably people they associated with. Yeah, yeah. Criminals. Yeah, associated criminals. Well, that was kind of his exact same deal here. Like, he's in here. 
And so I guess during this time, he actually killed 47 inmates. Hmm. Yeah, some of them he chose randomly. Like one of his victims was a career criminal that he just hated because he snored too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this guy just wanted to murder people. Um, he, even tat- he even had a tattoo on his arm that said, I kill for pleasure, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> which was recently covered by another tattoo. I see. Uh, they don't really say what it is, but I think it might be a grumpy cat portrait. Yeah, possibly. I, had to, I changed it to I kill for leisure. Leisure. Yeah. It's my leisure time activity. Um, but this is what makes him kind of like Dexter is his M.O. when he was uh, – when he was out. So this is like, you know, in prison he was murdering people because, I mean, he's surrounded by criminals. But outside of prison, he would target certain kinds of criminals. He'd find them, he would hunt them down, look up their names and addresses before, like, you know, sometimes he'd torture them. His uh, preferred way was to stab them or hack them to death, which is kind of what, isn't that what uh, Dexter did? Well, Dexter uh. would, Dexter would, like, put them in the clean room and then, like, well, he, like, saran wrapped them to the table. Naked. Yeah, yeah naked, and then put mm. pictures of all their victims and would just kind of mm. chat with them about it, wouldn't he? Yeah, but they were they had uh, duct tape on their mouth, so they couldn't really. Oh, yeah, there was, there yeah, was yeah. one-way mm. communication there. Mm-mm. And then stab him in the heart. Well, this guy kind of did the same, well, sort of, but, like, the Brazilian version. Um, oftentimes, he would, he would capture them, tie them up, and he would torture them to death. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was motivated by anger, um, sometimes he would actually use the, uh, the, the, he would kill them the same way they killed their own victims. Mm. You know, it's just so, uh, they could, I know, pure retribution. They could experience the same terror. Um, but I mean, obviously this guy was, you know, insane. So the psychiatrist, after he was caught, there have been several studies on him. Uh, you know, some of them try to describe him as a psychopath. Which is just someone with no remorse and no compassion. However, it's, it's like Rorschach. <laughs> but Rorschach was Rorschach. Rorschach definitely was a psychopath. Mm. But yeah, I guess yeah, he was also he wasn't uh, murdering people for the thrill of it, though. Well, that's arguable. You know, he clearly enjoyed killing. Yeah, I mean, I guess he. he yeah, I mean, he definitely got off on it. But this guy, but the thing is with psychopaths, though, they don't develop any kind of affection for another person. And this guy, you know, had a fiance. Uh, obviously, he defended uh, his mother's killing. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. But then, but then wouldn't he be more of a sociopath? It's just that they can't, they, they can have uh, affection for people, but I'm not really sure what the difference is. It's, it's more so that you can't, you just can't um, empathize with other people. You just yeah. can't have any kind of empathy. You don't have any empathy, yeah. Hmm. You can form attachments, you can. Um, but they're just very one, you know, they're, just, they're not like normal attachments. They're just weird. Yeah. You know, the, the psychiatrists all diagnose him as a paranoid antisocial character, which you could say that about you yeah. or me probably. <laughs> well, you could say, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, that's the thing about all those things. It's like if you read it the right way, it kind of applies to anyone. You know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. So the criminologist and writer, Ilana Kasoy, wrote a book about this guy. I forget the name of it. I didn't write it down. But she said he was like an Avenger vigilante type serial killer with great intelligence and a photographic memory. But what I don't understand about that, the guy had like a deformed, damaged skull. I mean, I guess maybe they he all did. do, though. 
you know that's that's one of the like you know most common things is that there's always a head injury with serial killers you know almost always i guess that doesn't always affect their intelligence but uh but mm. yeah i mean this maybe that's what made him hell bent on rage here but yeah i mean he was a, he was a vigilante type which you don't really see that all that often um also a narcissist obviously because like to boast about his crimes he committed. So he was sentenced to 126 years. Okay. And, uh, but, but according to Brazilian law, you can't spend more than 30 years behind bars. Oh. Yeah. So he was actually released, well, due to be released in 2003, but because of the crimes that he committed inside the prison, uh, they ended up extending it to 2007. Hmm. And they let him walk free. So right now he's a free man living in Brazil. Jew, he's old. Jew have killed another 47 people while in prison. So you, Jew must stay here for four more years. Four more years. Well, if you think about it, he's kind of doing them a favor. Yeah. I mean, it's ah, not like he's killing. Jew have just killed me too. One more year. Ah. It's not like he's killing like upstanding citizens, you know? Right. <clears throat> yeah, it's not like he's killing upstanding citizens, like people who actually contribute to society. These guys are all about to riot and murder cops. So he's just kind of like, you know, whittling down the numbers, I suppose. Mm. But the, the weird thing about this, though, the, I guess his main motivating factor to get out of prison was to re, redo his life, like restart over with his girlfriend, who was also a former prisoner. Um, he met by exchanging letters with her. because I guess he was kind of a local hero. She served 12 years for theft. When she was released, she visited him in prison. Next thing you know, they fell in love. How the and, fuck uh, did she get 12 years for theft? My God. I know, and this guy gets 30 years yeah, yeah. for like murdering 100 <laughs> people. <laughs> 12 years for theft. Jesus um, yeah, and so uh, now he says uh, he feels a lot of remorse for all the evil that he committed. He's converted to Christianity. He's writing an autobiography. And he has a YouTube show. I was searching for this YouTube show, and I found a couple interviews with him. I don't know. I didn't search all that hard. It must be out there. But once again, it's in Portuguese. But yeah, I mean, the guy's changed his life around. And uh, he's, he's, his goal now is to try to get young people to move away from crime and reform their lives. <laughs> you know, he's kind of like more like Batman. Isn't Batman a psychopath? No, Batman is not a psychopath. Well, but he's, he's, got he's insane. Uh, yeah, he's probably psychotic, but he's not a psychopath. Yeah, but he's, he's the Avenger vigilante type of maniac. Well, Batman doesn't kill people. He, I thought he did kill people in certain no, novels. No, only in Zack Snyder's stupid fucking wet dreams. Huh. So in, it's, in, it's, and he has comics? a code. He has a code. He doesn't kill people. That's, that's his whole thing. Just beats you know? him to the point of like, yeah, 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 <laughs> cripples him. Well, that's <laughs> but, the thing uh, that doesn't make sense out of it. Like, if if you beats, you know, like if you if you're beaten up like fucking four criminals a night, you know, for five nights a week for like a month, one of them is gonna die from the fucking head injury. Just yeah, out of sheer whatever, you know. So I mean, yeah. you'd think one of them would. I mean, I mm -hmm. thought he like tossed people off buildings and shit. He didn't do no. that. No. What do you... What about, like, no. uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight? No, the whole thing about Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns was that um, uh, killing the Joker is the 
was like the first people person he ever killed, and that's why Superman went after him. Oh, He'd never killed anyone, dude. and it's always like it's a thing. It's a frequent thing in Batman comics. It always comes back to it. It's like he wants to, you know. He's like, oh, the Joker wants him to kill him. The Joker's always like, I'm gonna get you to break your code by killing me. You know, <laughs> um, it's his like whole thing. He's trying to get him to do it. Yeah, but if he did that, there wouldn't be as many comics. That's why he series. killed Robin. You know, he so. wait. He killed Robin. Oh wait, that's why the One Joker killed Robin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then it turns out later he didn't die. Huh. Anyway, but yeah, there you go. Brazilian Dexter. There, I actually okay. kind of think if you know if they made a, a Showtime series about this guy, I would have preferred to watch that. Oh yeah. You know, this mm-hmm. guy's in prison, murdering people. You know, he's in the slums, killing people, doing rampage. What, what is Dexter doing? Mm. You know, for the mo- for the most part, I thought it was just a, a tedious experience watching that show. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, people, this is episode uh, 706 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. Uh, we have some news stories coming up next. We have some phone calls a little later in the show. Got some good calls this week, actually. Uh, but first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Hi, this is Wolford Brimley. And if you're anything like me, you can't get enough of Sick and Wrong. Sick and Wrong helps me with my diabetes. How's that? Because I subscribe to Second Wrong's Patreon. I get extra shows, extra phone calls, and it's just the right thing to do to support these two dirty fucking Jews. Again, I'm Wilford Brimley. Signing off for Second Wrong. Sign up for the Patreon. So the first story we have here uh, is a uh, a one animal attack story, I guess. But the question is, who's the animal in this situation? Whoa, yep. bro! Are we the Walking it. Dead? Oh my God, we're the Walking Dead, bro! I'm uh. kind of I'm kind of moving into Joe Rogan territory. Mm. <laughs> Who is the animal, bro? Um, in a wild encounter, a woman bites the testicles of a tiger truck stop camel. To escape, uh, I have a lot of questions there. I have a lot of questions. It's a very enticing headline, now. Oh, oh, of course, a tiger truck stop camel. A tiger truck stop, well, uh, not that's a the normal the... truck stop camel. What the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> that, that's the name of the truck stop. It's called okay. Tiger Truck Stop, and they had a fucking tiger and a camel at the truck stop, along with like a bunch of other random weird animals. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you might ask yourself, well, Florida's where is retarded. this tiger truck stop? Mm. Well, it's not in Florida, actually. It's close okay. to Florida. No. It's in a town called Gross Tit, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mm. thought I wasn't pronouncing it properly. Mm. G-R-O-S-S-E-T-E-T-E. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was like Gross Tete. But no, it's Gross Tit. So it sounds like gross tip, which means big head in French. Uh, right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Gross tip. Not like just one, uh, you know, a tit with a you know whole bunch of nipple hairs. Yeah, just like one gross tit. It's got some gangrene mm. growing out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like her her uh, breast implant got all infected. She just never did anything about it. Why is your areola gray? <laughs> yeah. <You> know? <laughs> What's <God>. going on? <laughs> smells like barf. Um, gross tit. So this happened in gross tit. <laughs> A Florida woman 
uh, freed herself from a camel by biting its testicles at the tiger truck stop in gross tit last week after she crawled into the animal's pen to retrieve her dog. Jesus. It's also a very weird situation that only a Floridian woman could get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woman's husband had been throwing treats to their dog under Casper the camel's fence. Yeah. And then the dog went into the fence to go retrieve the treats and began interacting with the camel. Now, is everyone how... a fucking moron? <laughs> Even the, the reporter who wrote this yeah. from the gross tit journal or whatever. You know, I, I love how they're Ugh. like, it didn't say the dog was barking or, you know, roiling the camel or, or you know, attacking the camel. It says interacting. It's like, what are they doing? Playing charades? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I don't get it. Oh my God. Interacting with the camel. So here it is. You know, you got this, this, this guy, he's throwing treats to get his dog to go into the camel pen, which is very dangerous because camels are fucking vicious, spiteful creatures. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been around one? Um, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I remember in uh, Egypt when I was in Egypt with my father, like you went to the, uh, you've been to Egypt? It's a cool place. I don't know about now, but I don't know if it's safe to go there now. Probably, I'm sure it is. But anyway, we went on like a you know this like cruise that my dad was a rabbi on, and uh, it stopped at Alexandria, and then we had to take like this like four hour bus ride or three hour bus ride to Cairo. We were in Cairo for a few nights, and during that time, we got on a bus. It's like me and a bus full of senior citizens to go see the pyramids of Giza, and uh, you're you're with like a, a a tour guide and like an armed guard with like a fucking AK. And uh, you get there, and the guy's like, don't sit on the camels. He's like, don't go near camel. Don't get on camel. If they pull you towards camel, don't go near camel. He's just like, well, why? He's like, "Uh, because they'll take you into desert and leave you there. And it's just like, what? And apparently that's kind of the scam that they do there. It's like there's all these guys out there with these diseased-looking fucking camels. Like they're gray, they're they have alopecia, you know, they <laughs> smell terrible. And it's yeah. like and they have like a blanket on his back. And what they want you to do is sit on the camel, take a picture. And so what you do is like these old people will be like, Okay, I'll go sit on the camel and they pull you towards the camel. And then as soon as you get on it, they're like ha 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 and the camel like stands up and then they just take you out in the desert. And then you get to a point where they're like, All right, five hundred euros to get back. And it's like, if you don't get back, they'll just fucking leave your ass out there. That's like the scam. Bullshit. Well, the tour guides are like, if you want to sit on a camel, come get me and I'll negotiate with the guy and we can take a picture on the camel. But you just don't go do it yourself. And so anyway, I was just like terrified of these creatures anyway, because they just, I mean, they, they look like death. Like they should be put down. Like in this country, they would have been put down. And uh, anyway, we're standing there one time. My dad's taking a picture. And this old man was like kind of standing by a camel. And it just bit him in the shoulder. Mm. Like fucking hard. Like mm. bit him in the shoulder. Dra- like drawing blood. And this old guy's just like. Aah! And then they all like run over. And then like tour guide gets in a fight with the Arabic guy. And it's like, what are you going to do? Sue the dude? Mm. You can't do that. I was then at that point. I'm like, fuck this. I'm just getting back on the bus. I didn't want to be near these things. 
Yeah, they're vicious, vicious, spiteful creatures. I wouldn't even go anywhere near it. I'm yeah. surprised it, did, it didn't, you know, when the dog was interacting with the camel, that it didn't just bite it in half. I mean, they got like fucking teeth. They got dog like human interacting. Teeth. Yeah, interacting makes it sound like a fucking, uh, you know, art exhibit or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't mm-hmm. even, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. So uh, anyway, the woman saw the dog interacting with the camel. She panicked and she crawled in to go retrieve the dog. And while she was inside there, the camel sat on the woman and I guess it was upset. It's a male dromedary, which, you know, I don't, I didn't, do you know the difference between a dromedary and a camel? No. I didn't know. I had to look it up. A dromedary has one hump. Mm. And I guess other camels have two humps. I see. But the ones, so that means the ones that we saw in Egypt were dromedaries. They, they only had one hump. But so she went in there, it sat on her, and she bit the animal's testicles to get it off of her. Quote, pretty smart. Well, listen, I mean, we're talking for about somebody a, that was throwing fucking treats near the fence of a fucking thing for a stupid dog. I guess that seems pretty smart, you know? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. You don't want to fuck with this lady. Mm. She's like the woman from Throw Mama from the Train. The badass. Was it that lady? She's the old woman with no teeth. That's what you're saying. You're, Did she have preparing? teeth? No, that's why she she was like, That's why she talked like that. She had, she like had no teeth, teeth and Goonies. They were dentures, bro. Oh, okay. Well, mm. still could bite camel nuts with that. So mm. the quote, she, the quote here, she said. I bit his balls to get him off me. I bit his testicles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't even know what I would think if I was her husband. Mm. I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't want to have oral sex with her anymore after yeah. that. I don't know. I'd be nervous. Uh, the investigation found that the couple had actually provoked the camel before it sat on the woman. Uh, the camel did nothing wrong, said the sheriff. Sheriff mm. Hamilton. The couple was being aggressive. The camel was just doing its normal routine. I mean, you know they were fucking with it. I mean, I don't think he was just throwing treats in the pen. I think he was throwing treats at the camel. Mm. And his dog was just like, well, fuck you. I'm going to get well, usually the back. camel. I mean, I have actually, you know what? When I was a kid, I saw a camel spit on my father. <laughs> um, so they like to do <laughs> it. It was hilarious. No, they like to do that. That's like their whole thing. What'd your father do? Uh, he got mad, but he, you know, he probably would have attacked it if it had not been behind a fence. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a lot of spit? He loves attacking Like a things. full-on loogie? Uh, yeah, no, they fucking really just, you know, woof. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're vicious creatures. Yeah, they don't, they don't go don't anywhere near it. Camel spit. This truck stop here is located about 20 minutes outside of Baton Rouge, and mm. they keep a camel named Casper there. And for many years, they also controversially kept a tiger for visitors to see on site, which... I'm amazed that that's not illegal. This is like that weird guy who ran for president or whatever. Oh, that like, guy. Hey, I'm a, I got a mother I'm a homosexual, and I love doing crystal meth, and I have and tigers. he saves tigers. Vote for me, or whatever, that weirdo, whatever that guy's name was. Like, Did he, like, David Awesome, or, or whatever the fuck? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I thought he, like, arranged someone's murder, or yes, tried he to. Did. Yeah, he threatened a woman who uh, called him out on his terrible bullshit. <laughs> so. so authorities said they couldn't find a reason to hold the truck stop liable for the injuries here to the woman 
uh, because the camel wasn't closed. There were signs every 10 feet to say, stay, you know, stay out of the camel pen. Uh, yeah. the, you know, the camel, this is the uh, owner of the truck stop, says the camel's never been aggressive, never gotten out, it's never caused any issues. In fact, the husband and wife had been there before, and they said they never had any problems in the past. But this point, but this this time, this uh, this this occasion, uh, they uh, violated the leash laws. You're supposed to have uh, your animals on leashes, which they didn't. And there's criminal trespassing because they went in and uh, tried to retrieve the dog in the camel pen. Um, in Gross Tit, the Gross Tit truck stop here. <laughs> I think I've been to that truck stop. Gross Tit. Yeah. Uh, they've been fending off animal rights activists for years who are against them having a tiger. And th- mm. this, this couple here, this truck stop, they had a tiger for 17 years mm. and they're living in captivity, which is mm-hmm. just terrible. Wow. It's just terrible to have a tiger in a truck stop. Um, the poor thing, wretched animal. The truck stop also keeps this petting zoo with a miniature horse, a baby kangaroo, and a coati. I had to look that up too. Do you know what, what a coati is? No. It's called a coati mundo. It's like this monkey primate looking raccoon. It's like a raccoon. If like a raccoon fucked a monkey. Oh. Yeah. That, that's another thing that, this is the thing that I never understood. Now I'm not a parent, but if I was a parent, I wouldn't let my kids go anywhere near the baby kangaroo or fuck the, or even the miniature horse. You could look at yeah. them, but you're not going to go there and pet this coati. Like, no, what the you don't want, f- no. no, absolutely not. There's, I, that, no, there's no winning. You can only lose. But that, that's the thing I don't get. Like, you know what? Uh, Lenora and her monkey, her little monkey yeah, friend. Yeah, it's probably going to be at the fucking wedding. I know, and I am terrified of it. I, last time, she, it was her birthday, and it was a few years ago, but she had the monkey there, and she's like, do you want to take a picture of the monkey? You want to? And I was just like, no, get away from me. Yeah. It's a monkey. It shouldn't be at a party. It's We're gonna, gonna bite you and like give you like super AIDS. Or it's gonna something. fucking rip my eye out. I don't know what mm. it's gonna do. Those things also are vicious creatures. Especially you have no idea what can provoke an animal like that. And we were at some party that she was hosting, which was like a big gay pool party where they had like these inflatable pools, this big inflatable water slide. And there was like Madonna thumping on the thing. And it's like in in the middle of all this chaos, gay guys running around and, you know, like people blowing weed into the fucking face. Here she is just holding a monkey next to her face, posing for pictures. And I was just like, Lenora, that thing's going to rip your face off. And she's like, oh, no, he's my friend. It's like, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And that's the same thing with this, like, fucking truck stop. I wouldn't be like, oh, let my kid go pet this fucking coati. I don't even know what that thing is. You know, that's how the AIDS virus was created. That is, uh, yeah, exactly. You know? At a gay pool party. <laughs> a gay pool for, party. For primates in Madagascar. <laughs> One of those primates just fucked the person. Next thing, gave uh-huh. it AIDS. That's and then right. it all just kind of snowballed from there. I never go to sleep around uh, a monkey. No. I don't, I don't even like to be near them. I don't mind if they're in the a immediate cage. orifice they find. They'll fuck it. Yeah. They don't care. The uh, truck stop owner uh, said he was baffled by the entire incident and the couple's behavior. He, he said, my only question to her husband was, why did you throw the doggy treats under the fence? And the husband replied, I just wasn't thinking. Because I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the truck stop's manager, Pamela Bossier, uh, said the couple should have sought help from employees who were inside the truck stop rather than you know taking matters in their own hands. 
and crawling under the barbed wire and hurting themselves. And I guess wow. once inside, when the camel sat on his wife, the husband like ran in there and tried to shove the camel to move it off his wife, but that oh didn't God. do it. So that's How do you why shove a camel. They're huge. <laughs> I guess he was like swatting it with his hat, tried to shove it, but that upset the camel. With his hat? Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, it's sitting on his wife, and so his wife has to bite the camel's nuts, which I imagine even upset it more. I can't, I can't wait until the fucking sea levels rise, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't need a town called Gross Tit. We don't need it. We really don't. Although I hope they save the animals. I hope they save this camel. Yeah. I don't care about the people. Um, Bossier, the, the Pamela Bossier uh, said in the 30 years she's, the truck stop has kept wild animals. That's even more tragic. Um, and all my 30 years at this here tiger truck stop and gross tit, I never seen nothing like it. <laughs> I, seen, I seen tigers. I seen some pretty gross tits. <laughs> but I ain't never seen a camel sit on a woman and then get its testicles bit. Mm-mm. Never seen a woman bite a camel's nuts. Never happened in front of me. Not in 30 years. Um, she said in 30 years, they've kept wild animals, including the tiger. They've never had any attacks on visitors, which I find quite surprising. Do you, do you recall, this is a, this is a golden, uh, it's one of our, I'd say probably our first Christmas show or holiday show. We called it a Christmas miracle. It's when that tiger got out at the SF Zoo and killed that those kids. Did you recall the story? Mm, you might not have not been living really. here then. It was in like 2006 or 2007. Probably one of the greatest stories we've ever done on Sick and Wrong. It was like, I think our first Christmas show. These kids on Christmas Day went to the San Francisco Zoo. They were like these three ne'er-do-wells. Like these okay. teenagers, they're smoking weed, drinking beer. And they went and they started throwing beer cans at the Siberian tiger. Mm. And uh, just tossing at it. Next thing you know, the one kid was like dangling his feet over like the ledge, like moving down over the ledge to fuck with How it. How old were these kids? I don't know, like 18, mm-hmm. 17, 18. Okay. Now, actually, I think they were 18 or 19. Mm. And uh, the one kid was like dangling his legs over the thing and the tiger was going nuts running Mm. back and forth roaring freaking out next thing you know it leapt up in the air about like i don't know like 10 feet grabbed Mm. the kid that was dangling his feet and climbed up him like a ladder Mm -mm. got out sliced this one kid's throat like right through his throat (laughs) killed the one kid and then uh ran after the other one the one one kid the one kid just got the fuck out of there and hid in like Mm. the bathroom and the other kid tried to run and then it just grabbed him and was holding him, just gnawing on his skull. And then meanwhile, like everybody in the zoo is flipping the fuck out. Then the yeah. cops come and just shoot it. Yeah, because I guess like the cops came and then it got up and charged at him and shot it. Her, the yeah. tiger's named Tatiana. Um, I mean, it was a big deal. And then these kids who were fucking provoking the tiger, throwing sticks and stones at it and beer cans, sued the zoo for like, I don't know, like $6 million in the city. What? Yeah, they got like $6 million. Are you Two, shitting me? They got actual shit? $6 million. Did, did any of these idiots die? Yeah, one of them. One of them mm. died. One of them like had his head just mauled. And the other one was fine. He was unscathed. The one that actually that was that he climbed up was fine. It was just the other two. One died. I mean, the, this tiger just ripped his throat out. Um, but then uh, t- three years later, 
the one kid that survived, like one of the kids that, that he got he got charged for like dealing meth, but like a ridiculous amount of meth mm. went to prison. <laughs> but anyway, oh, one of the ones who won the money. That's yeah, one of the one mm. of the kids they, or mm. one of the guys they got. They weren't kids. They were like nineteen or twenty yeah, or yeah, something, sure. like okay. eighteen year old. But that, that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm surprised. If this tiger at a zoo could get out and, f- and fuck some shit up, I'm surprised like nobody in gross tit had ever tried to fuck with that tiger. Right. I think she's lying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'd like to see him try to bite a tiger's nuts. <laughs> anyway, what do you have here for the second story? New York college student pretends to be autistic. Scares off sexual offender like she had seen on TV. <laughs> wow, is this like a an episode of CSI or something? Yeah, I think so. Um, Ariel Ariel Caro, not to be confused with Ariel Castro. Oh um, yeah, Ariel Castro. Several dorm rooms at Pace University. And when one student opened the door, he shoved his way in and began masturbating. <laughs> he just like busted into a room just masturbating. Did he already mm-hmm. have his dick out? Uh, I don't know yet. The, a New York City man has been sentenced to state prison for trying to commit a sex crime against a college student who was able to ward him off by faking a de- developmental disorder. <laughs> So a little bit of intersectionality here, D. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Hmm. A devo- like what type of developmental disorder? You know, she she was she was mocking the the uh, handicap <laughs> <laughs> in an attempt to you know avoid uh, a, a sex the, crime. Yeah, sex a yeah, sexual so assault. It's like no. So uh, he, this guy was sentenced to two and a half years in state prison. Uh, he pleaded guilty <clears throat> to attempted sex abuse in the first degree and attempted burglary. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he had knocked on a student's dorm room, Pace University, which is in Long Island. Student opened the door as she was expecting someone else, but Carol pushed his way and closed the door behind him and blocked her access. At that point, Carol exposed himself and proceeded to masturbate in front of her. Okay, so he got into her room, mm. shut the door, then pulled, pulled his, his dick, dick out. out. That's right. I wonder if he was wearing sweatpants. I'm sure he was. Rapists all probably wear all wear sweatpants, yeah. Yeah. He continued his actions and tried verbally to engage her. <laughs> I wonder what he said. I don't know what you say at that point. That's when the student got creative. Using her wits, the student began to repeat a series of expressions, acting, she said, as if she suffered from a form of autism, <laughs> as, she, as she had seen on television. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, was she going, like, full rotundo here? I don't know. Well, she could be like, well, I watched the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> so I started, I started, you know, talking about I don't know the flash or something. Well, I, like what? Fo- like I don't know what form of autism. But well, that's what I wonder. Was she going like full Rain Man? You know, like Kmart sucks. Definitely a good driver. Just like screaming that over and over again. Yeah. As she got louder, he chose to flee. Okay. Wow. She. You know what she was probably doing? DiCaprio in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh. You th- oh. Okay. I could see that. You ever see that? that? You know, when I first saw that, mm. I remember just thinking like. 
wow, that retarded kid is a brilliant actor. I had mm. no idea it was Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. And well, he wasn't really a uh, guy then. Uh, he had only, what, been on Growing Pains? Growing Pains, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'd so. seen Growing Pains. I just didn't recognize him. But I thought he was, I thought he should have gotten an Oscar, personally. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, student called her mom, who then called campus security on her daughter's behalf. They were able to spot Caro on surveillance footage, knocking on several dorm rooms. So he was just going all over the joint. Um, I didn't, I, I'm amazed that the, I mean, what a quick thinking person. Like, yeah, I, I'm just amazed that she would have been, you know, you know, with that fight or flight response, her thing was like fight, flight, or act like an autistic person. I know that when I'm, when I um, get in a situation where like I'm in danger and my adrenaline is like pumping and shit, I make really poor decisions. You know, like some people, like people who are like, I don't know, like nurses or doctors or, you know, emergency services people like when they're in the thick of it, they're like, you know, they really pull it together. I make like the worst snap decisions in those scenarios. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you go like put on a Barry Manilow record? Like, what, like, what do you do? No, just like <clears throat> I remember like one morning I bought drugs from a house and this cop was following me. So I pulled into a gas station because I was freaking out. And then I went and I bought a soda. And then as I was walking back to my car, I started trying to stuff all the heroin into the um, soda, thinking that (laughs) if it because it was in wax paper, thinking that it would like, you know, the chemicals would be so weird. It would be hard to test it. Um, (laughs) But it was like. It was so shady, and it was like, and, it, and by the time I had halfway done it, I, the, the guy tackled me to the fucking, I was like fucking on the pavement, you know? Did they find it? Yeah, because I didn't, I couldn't get all of it in there. It was a bunch of heroin. Oh, man. Um, so yeah, I got arrested. It sucked. Uh, yeah, I just, I guess, I mean, obviously, I've, I've never been a victim mm. of sexual assault, because it's never really occurred, thankfully. But I just don't know if I would have had the wherewithal to be like, I'm going to act like Rain Man. Mm. I, I've always thought like one of the probably best things you could do would just be to like, you know, shit yourself or something or be sick because then it's like, you're going to be, they're probably going to be like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm That's a good leave. thing to do. Yeah. Sometimes you can, if you keep them engaged and, and start talking, I've done that with that uh, when I was got mugged. Um, and then you kind of humanize yourself and then things. Yeah, I can see that depending word. on what kind of person you're dealing with. Well, I mean, I've I've heard women say like I have HIV or I have AIDS, you know, and that can be a bit of a deterrent. But the autism thing, like the acting like an autistic person, like this guy, this sounds like this guy has done the I'm gonna knock on dorm rooms and just rape the first girl I see. I'm just amazed that that was like you know he was just like oh shit, this is like this is not a good situation. Like I'm surprised that's that stopped him. I don't think he was gonna rape her. <laughs> oh, you think he's just an exhibitionist? Like he's yeah, gonna, that's what I think. Yeah, did pull a Louis I mean, it's C. still K. an assault. It's still a uh, yeah. He's pulling a Louis C.K. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that would have stopped Louis. That's C. what K. happens when you're Louis C.K. and you're not famous. That's what you do. <laughs> but I wonder if that would have stopped Louis C.K. If like one of these female comedians start being full Rain Man, or if you'd have been more aroused, he would have furiously. Yeah, he would have gone even harder <laughs> and faster with it. I think. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. If I would have chosen, I'm trying to think my favorite movie, Rotundo. Like DiCaprio is probably my favorite movie, Rotundo. But well, you gotta, do, yeah. I mean, you could start start hitting your head and go like, 
like smacking your head you know i kind of we were talking about this earlier but i kind of do that when i'm driving not not like smacking my head against the glass but it's like you know how like sometimes you do something stupid and it's totally your fault yeah and uh you know like the other day well this happened a couple months ago but i was driving and i was like you know it's the morning i'm tired i haven't even had coffee yet and i like didn't use a turn signal and kind of cut some dude off and almost started to cause an accident. And the person like pulls up next to me at the stoplight and was just like giving me like his hands up in the air and this exasperating look like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And yeah. I just kind of like did this spastic like, eh, like face in the window. And then he was just even more puzzled. <laughs> like what? As if like, I'm like this severely retarded guy driving a Prius, sure. which I guess I kind of yeah. am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I never know what to do in those situations anyways. Mm. So maybe that is my fight or flight. It's like fight, flight, or rotundo. Yeah. I mean, it, you know? it seems like a good strategy for a lot of situations. Um, another student who wanted to remain nameless told the college's newspaper uh, that uh, Caro knocked at their door as well. He asked me if I needed medicine, and I said no, they said. Uh, Denny asked me if I needed help with my homework, <laughs> and I closed the door. Do you, uh, uh, you need help with your homework? I have medicine. What a I would have been like, what, what kind of medicine? Like robot Yeah, I would have been like, all right, what you got? Yeah, what, yeah, what you got here? <laughs> got any oxys? Mm-hmm. So Caro uh, was not a student at the time, but he is an alumnus. So oh, he's an alumnus. He graduated from Pace in 2011. What kind of university is Pace? Is this like a University of Arizona, or what is that? University of Phoenix or whatever? No, it's not like that, but it's, it's kind of just like middle of the road. You know. Trump University? Uh, <laughs> no, it's better than that. <laughs> this happened all the time at Trump University. So, um, um, <clears throat> Pace. A proud alumnus of the school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, there was an impact statement from the victim read in court and said, Perhaps one might think that because I was not physically injured, that perhaps the attack was not so serious. This is not so. This attack was heinous, and the attacker, in my opinion, is a threat to society. I wondered whether my life ambition of going to university was misplaced and thought about dropping out of college, but realized that this would only harm me further. I hope one day I will feel safe again and not so helpless, a feeling I had never had before this horrible attack. Yeah, I, th I think she should go into improv. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah she's yes, thinking. you got a yes and the yes. masturbator. <laughs> who goes yes and yeah. the masturbator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone walks in, you got to like yes yeah. and and go with it. That, you know? or, or you just could do the zip, zap, zap. Zip zap zap <laughs> zip zap zap, and they're like, uh, I'm gonna go. Ah, uh, this is this just got weird. Uh, the burglary charm stems from Carol putting some of his possessions, including drug paraphernalia, in a vacant dorm room. Sure. Hmm. Um, in addition to serving time behind bars, Carol will be supervised for a decade after his release, and will have to register as a sex offender. Good. We definitely da, da, da. should be on the sex offender registry. Man. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. When, uh, when you do some kind of crime on the campus of the college you graduated from, can they revoke your degree? I don't think so. Okay, so once you get it, it doesn't matter. They can revoke your, like, 
honorary degree. I know that Bill Cosby's had an honorary degree. No, I think once you got it, you got it. Wow. Yeah, man. Well, I got to say that uh, I think she should get an Oscar. I mean, that's like uh, some great acting. Yeah. If you ask me. I don't think that's how it works. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, my Rotundo Oscar awards go out to this person. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's uh, it's quick thinking. I don't think I would have been that uh, agile, I guess, to do that. Right. Anyway, people, send your story. Stick around podcast at uh, gmail.com. We have some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. Uh, but before we get to that, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word diddle, D-I-D-D-L-E, and you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. How do y'all flick my balls? I put a spell on you. So we got a few phone calls to get to. Uh, 323-522-4032 is the sick and wrong hotline number. You can call your dream date on the sick and wrong hotline. Um, yeah, and, and, and again, you know, you guys can... You don't need a crazy story. You can call and ask us for advice because... As we've said, um, I I live poorly, but I give very good advice. Did we do? Everyone says it. We did like last week, I think, on the Patreon. We had like on the three Patreon, advice it was calls. all advice. Calls. Yeah, it was the yeah. sick and wrong yeah. advice corner. But yeah, Harrison gives really good advice. Oh yeah, man. And some of it, there was some serious advice on that. Yeah. Like, I think there was like a, someone who's like, I have a suicidal friend. Yeah. And like, yeah, and we're the the best people to come to for that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> Uh, well, the calls we got this week, we got some good calls this week. Actually, the first one is uh, someone who I haven't heard from in quite some time. Quite some time. And it definitely gave me a bit of a, a trip down memory lane. Hello. Hot. Hello, D. D, it's your mother calling from my heaven. Mom. My yeah, mom. Yeah, I'm calling from them. heaven to, to say hello. And, uh, well, really, I'm calling just to tell you all of the, uh, I'm not so sure about. Sounds she sounds exactly like how yeah. I remember. God, just yeah. like Linda Richmond from Coffee Time. <laughs> yeah, Coffee yeah. Talk, Coffee Talk, Coffee Talk. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, it's good to hear from you, Mom. It's it's mm. been a long time. All of this Nazi stuff you're talking about on your podcast these days, <laughs> I don't. It doesn't really look too good on you. And also, please, please stay away from that Harrison boy. He's he's a drug addict. <laughs> And, and honey, I told you so many times, we don't like drug addicts in the Simon family, okay? All right, honey. I'll, I'll call back on this drunk doll line again if I need to get through to you. Okay. Love you, baby. Bye. Well, if you don't um, like drug addicts in the family, I mean, two out of three ain't bad, I guess. Yeah, that's not too mm. bad. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's always good to hear from my mom. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I imagine she would have been rather disappointed to hear all the Nazi talk 
that we tend to do here on the show. Mm. However, I could imagine what she would think. Like, what does your mom think of this show? Or do you not tell her? I don't tell her. Oh, she has no idea. Luckily, she doesn't understand, like, even what a podcast is. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I sometimes I'm afraid because sometimes people show her how to do stuff with computers, and I'm always like, oh, fuck. She knows I do it, but she's never what listened to it. What does she think you it. do? I'm like, oh, I got to go record the podcast. She doesn't really know, you know? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I, I sort of think it's like just blissful oblivion. Like, my father... Yeah. When uh, I would work at the at the strip club, he'd be like, "Oh, how's the disco?" I was <laughs> like, "What do you mean?" He just thought it was like a disco. Like I would go on there, you know, yeah. go and spin records, and everybody would be doing the hustle. Mm. You know, which I guess they do kind of do the hustle, but yeah, titties. I don't think he understood the concept of strip club. I don't think he'd ever been in one. The gross tit hustle. Yeah, the, the, the gross tit hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think my mom would have been very confused. I think she would have... Uh, the, the thing is with my mother, my mother is actually very hip. Like My mom did acid. Mm-hmm. But she said someone slipped it in her drink, which I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. the fuck? Someone slipped it in your drink. Right. But back in like the 70s, uh, you know, like or late 60s and stuff, she was kind of like a hip, you know, like go-go outfit you know, knee high leather boots kind of lady. So I think right. she kind of like, she might, and she did radio too. Cause she had this kind of like husky voice. She didn't, she didn't sound like Linda Richmond. She had like a very like, hello, David. Like she got that kind of I'm voice. very familiar with your impression of yeah. it. Yeah. But I mean, it's, she did everyone radio. Everyone loves it. Everyone. everyone <laughs> yeah. Hello, David. Mm. Your brother, Jeffrey is doing drugs. Mm. I, I remember she was, she was shocked. That he did drugs. But my father, like, because uh, my brother went to rehab when I think I was like, I don't know, a sophomore in high school. He right. would have been like, I think around the senior. He went to rehab for coke, which is crazy that he could even get cocaine in Bay City. My parents were, I mean, they died a thousand deaths when they found out. Well, my, my mom, I mean, they're both kind of shocked. He went to rehab. He came out and like maybe two months after he got out of rehab, my parents found like some rolling papers, like in his bedroom or something. Mm-hmm. And my mom was just so upset. And I, I recall my dad being like, oh, who cares if he's smoking a little pot? At mm. least he's not snorting lines of cocaine. And I was just like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my dad was kind of cool with that. But yeah, I don't know if, uh, I don't know what my mom would think of sick and wrong. She definitely would not be happy about the Nazi stuff. Right. So maybe I should keep that in mind next time you suggest another Nazi topic there, Harrison. You did the last one. <laughs> Wasn't me, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, uh, Mom. It's, it's good to hear from you up in uh, heaven. Jew heaven. Uh, next call we have here. This is a very interesting call, actually. Um, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to play it. Hey, fuckers. Uh, I'm just calling because... I can actually relate to one of your stories uh, about the adult dwarf, and I just thought I'd give some context here just so you could understand uh, what she's dealing with. Um, so uh, I've got a, a similar form of what she has, has the, uh, the dysplasia that she suffers from. I have multiple epithelial dysplasia, uh, and uh, pretty much Wait, what, the, what, uh, what dwarf thing is this again? Just refresh so my memory, So he's please. referring... To that story mm-hmm. we did, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I think it was last mm-hmm. week, where that the family left that eight-year-old 
Oh yes. In the house, and then they went to Canada, but but then the mom saying she's not an eight year old; she's like a thirty year old dwarf con artist. Apparently, that from what I could like, there's differing accounts, but it looks like isn't she actually a dwarf? Uh, yeah, well, there, there's been I guess now there's like you know it's kind of funny. It's it's very rare that sick and wrong is like ahead of the game with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's usually yeah. what happens is like we'll do our show and the next day there's like an amazing story that comes out that we missed. But yes. this time it's like we were ahead of the game. Like we got that story out before it like broke nationwide. But uh, now there's a lot more details coming out about it. And I guess there's other doctors that have come forward and been like, yeah, like her dentition records are that of a 30-year-old woman or a 22-year-old woman like a woman in her 20s. So I don't think she's an eight-year-old. And then someone was saying that uh, that she had been wiping blood all over the mirrors in the house. And then she jumped out of a moving car. Oh, my but, God. Yeah, no, like she, you know, I watched that movie, The Orphan, the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that movie's great. Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I, I, but I, when it came out, I saw it. Uh, it's it's it is hilarious. Right. It's it's also kind of hilarious how the dad is just clueless. He's like, you know, sure, all these evil things have happened to our children when she's around, but why do you really think that she's evil? You know, it's just <laughs> right. like he, the wife is just like, our son almost died in a treehouse fire, and she's yeah. the, it's like what you know what more does it take? And that, that's the that. That movie's great when it finally, when you see the end. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but you should go check out The Orphan. Um, but yeah, this girl, uh, you know, might be a dwarf, and it sounds like this guy has the same kind of uh, thing going on. Is this the same deal that Webster and Gary Coleman had? Um, no, that is something entirely different. I thought they were also, isn't, wasn't Webster a dwarf? Um... <clears throat> Yeah, I thought I thought that's what kind of what like. Gary well, he Coleman... had a thing where it was like he he stayed looking young even though he aged. It was like some kind of you know pituitary thing. So I I don't know if it was a dwarf. I think it's different. It's a different thing. Was Gary Coleman you know? also? A pituitary Which is apparently thing? also what this uh you know what this other uh, chick has pituitary hmm. thing. So you know you know what I also find a little unnerving about this call mm -hmm. is why is his voice so normal i thought it was kind of high-pitched like uh who the dwarves this guy this, this guy, guy's a dwarf i think so he says i have the same thing as this that girl oh, like oh, did okay. you hear that i think i kind of breezed out there all right i'm gonna rewind it a bit okay. yeah this guy said i have the same condition as that dwarf girl that was left in the home but i, I sorry i'm like i started like kind of shopping for erotic um dating simulators <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. pay attention I, god damn i kind it. of breezed out yeah let's 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 review all right it. i'm let's gonna rewind it. it's a short call okay. anyway all right um but yeah i thought they had like that kind of like warwick davis has that like dwarf like squeaky voice you yeah. know, it's like this guy sounds like me or you. He sounds like a normal voice, and I find that really unnerving. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't even if he was if he if I was talking to him on the phone. I didn't, you know, I wouldn't even know he was a dwarf. Mm. Not you know, not that that's a, a thing I need to know. But I mean, he's saying he's a dwarf, but he doesn't sound like a dwarf. So now I'm questioning whether he is an actual dwarf. Oh but he God. can pronounce the the condition, so maybe he is.
I just thought I'd give some context here just so you could understand uh, what she's dealing with. Um, so uh, I've got a, a similar form of what she has, has the, uh, the dysplasia that she suffers from. I have multiple epithelial dysplasia. Uh, so he and, can say uh, it. Pretty much mm-hmm. it's the, uh, the same thing that makes Danny DeVito so short. So, you know, you got a baby face, you're short, you're kind of pudgy, it fucking sucks, but I'm not going to pretend to be somebody's kid for, for profit or whatever her motivations are. But, you know, I, all I'm saying is I understand. Uh, yeah, so anyways, I just thought I'd shed some light on that. I don't know if you guys care too much, but you know what? I do because, you know, not very often that I can relate to uh, to one of the stories. So I'm going to take what I can get. Do you think he was kind of like, can I hook up with this? Can you give me your digits? Because do you think dwarves usually date other dwarves? Um... I don't, I mean, like, I, don't I honestly have no idea. You know, uh, Hervé uh, Villachez. It seems to tend to happen. I mean, Warwick Davis married a uh, you know, little person, little woman. He married another little, little woman. You know, uh, Hervé Villachez, you know, Tattoo, he only dated tall women. Okay. And he was into the tall women. And same with Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer only did tall women. But like Vern no, I've Troyer. Seen, I've seen the video, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You didn't masturbate to that, did you? No. Okay. God. Come on. Um, <laughs> bust out the auto blow AI. <laughs> uh, but 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 Vern Troyer and Warwick Davis, they both had those high pitched kind of dwarf voices. That's why I'm questioning this guy's dwarf's integrity. What is wrong integrity. with you? What is what the fuck is wrong with you, D? Okay, I'm just. You saying. always do this. You're like you're like. How can this person be mentally handicapped if they don't look like Corky? From I'm questioning the whole thing. It's like you know, like one thing about something, and then that's what you you know. I think it's healthy to be skeptical oh rather than God, accepting what's everything. Wrong with you, I think it's good to be a skeptic. Whereas he's you're just talk like, like accepting everything fucking, at face uh, value. A munchkin from the in the lollipop <laughs> guild or something, or else you, or else it's nothing, or else you walk. They gotta talk like they're in the fucking lollipop. All right. I think it's more authentic that way. Yes, and that'd be I'd find it more credible. But you know, then again, I could be wrong. I'm wrong oftentimes. So, Uh, as for listeners, if you're not on the fucking Patreon, what the fuck are you doing? Like, are you even really listening to Sick and Wrong? If you're not on the Patreon, just get the fuck on there, man. It's five bucks a month. Don't be a fucking kike. You know, it's coming from a kike midget. So, but anyway, (laughs) keep it wrong. This guy's my new favorite listener. I like this guy. He's great. He's my new favorite listener. He's got you got to call back. Attitude. Yeah. He's yeah. We got to give him a name. I know. I, yeah, I know. Like, I want to call him like mm. Willowberg or something. We got to come up with something better than that. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm mm-hmm. a, a Jewish midget name. I have to think on it. You know. Hey, we can't say kike midget. <laughs> Because no. it's just a little too <laughs> too offensive, but yeah, and, and can, I'm, I'm sure my mother would call back if we start not only doing Nazi <laughs> topics, calling people kike midgets. Right. Um, yeah. I don't want that to happen. But I, yeah, you are my new favorite caller. Not only do you call in, explain to us like the the name of the the dwarf condition. You also uh, promote our Patreon. Mm. He's my favorite new caller. Um, we're gonna come up with a name for this guy. I'm going to be thinking about this. Um, all right, last call. Here's another guy we haven't heard from in quite some time. And I was pretty stoked when uh, I was going through calls. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's still around. Here's Big Papa Smurf. Mm. 
Yo, yo, what's up, sick and wrong? It's motherfucking Big Papa Smurf. It's been a minute since I called in, but I just felt compelled to after the ordeal I went through the other night. We went to a nice little biker venue in Manchester, Tennessee. And, um, yeah, I could hear the banjos playing as soon as he pulled up to that motherfucker. Anyway, I was sitting at the table with my with uh, my drummer, and we were talking, and somehow we got on the topic of racism. And uh, I made a comment that the Ku Klux Klan were a bunch of fucking cowards because they hide their faces because they know people would greenlight them if they if their identities were known to the public. You know that's that is a true statement. Yeah, anybody that has to hide behind a pillowcase when they're like lighting up a cross. Although nowadays, although uh, although I don't know if it's because they were afraid they'd be greenlit, you know. I mean, who, you know, but I, I they, uh, I thought they were and, afraid. And they'd granted, be back in the day, they even when it was discovered who they were, they faced very little consequence. They yeah. were often found innocent, even though they were clearly guilty. I thought they faced um, mostly high fives mm, in certain towns. But but when the uh, it made when the FBI started fucking with them, you know. But yeah, they mm. were all. Yeah, they, of course they were cowards, yeah. And right when I said that, a few rednecks head turned. I counted at least six or seven of them. <laughs> and they all stared directly at me. And now the vibe was really bad. Oh. But it's okay. It's okay. Because I decided that I would act as ignorant as I possibly could on stage and start a riot. Do you remember 48 Hours? Yes, I do. Wasn't there a scene where like Eddie Murphy went into like a redneck bar? It got really confrontational. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I'm kind of picturing that type of scenario here. Right. Yeah. Which didn't work out. But uh, while I was up there, I made a few different comments, and the racism in that place became more apparent the longer I stayed on stage to the, to, to the point where I started making racist jokes just to piss off motherfuckers. <laughs> because I wanted them to expose themselves for the fucking pieces of shit they were. I even... Yeah, I, even I, I get ma- that. I, like the racism out in the open, you know, makes things easier and clearer, you know? Yeah, it's like, you know, don't try to hide it here. Yeah. It's, it's quite obvious. Like racist, but then they're like, they try to act like they're not. You know, like these guys who are like all concerned about Twitter censorship of, you know. Well, it's, it's like the like, Proud Boys. It's like and you're all a that Nazi. We, you know, just say what you are. No, it's the same thing. It's like the Proud Boys and all those guys. It's like, we're not racist. We're just patriots. It's just like, yeah, but you're fucking screaming Jews will not replace us. Right. When you march around with your little gay buddies. <laughs> Proud Boys. Is that thing still a thing? Yeah, they're still around. Oh, man. Uh, What's-his-face isn't involved in it anymore, but, yeah, there's still a deal. Oh, Gavin McInnes? Mm-hmm. Oh, that guy's terrible. Made a few Cucamonga Cracker Killers references. <laughs> Those were great. <laughs> there was uh, I was, I made a commentary about about the our uh, elite leaders being racist and people in places of power being racist, especially the police, to which someone replied. <laughs> just keep saying what was that there's a line in a Wu-Tang song he's like in a room full of crackers I might cut the cheese mm. <laughs> <laughs> pull some why you gotta bring race into it so yeah it was it was pretty cool um, I love pissing off bigots whenever I can was he perf- he's in a metal band was he like performing and, and doing his little you know 
stand up and you know stand up act here between songs i don't know that'd be pretty funny though because i imagine a lot of those because he's from texas Mm -hmm. and i imagine like his band must play in a lot of these like podunk little racist bars Mm. (laughs) that's gotta be just a really bizarre vibe to get into it's my favorite pastime um, I almost got into a fight with the band. Almost, almost, almost. Some fucking redneck was pissed off and mad that I was saying fuck a lot and telling us we sounded like trashy rap over guitars and all that. So I wrote a rap song just for him and we're going back to that venue in uh in about a week. <laughs> and it's and I heard uh, on your last on a la- last episode or episode before last, the chick talking about dry orgasms and let me say I can confirm. I can confirm because I had sex with my wife just a couple of days ago, and I, in fact, nutted so hard that my did, legs stiffened up. Did you know that he was married? You know, I was just thinking about that, but I think he's mentioned his wife a few times. But you didn't know, you don't remember he was married? Uh, I think I'd forgotten. No. Because he's always calling for advice about, like, where do I hide my drugs because everyone's insane? Or whatever, you know? So, but I guess, hey. That yeah, makes sense. Mm. I love how he's uh, so confrontational, though. He's like, I'm going to go back to this bar. That's pretty good, yeah. It's like It sounds like he's like hanging out in Roadhouse, like the one black guy in Roadhouse. Yeah. Yet I looked down, fucking nothing came out. Shit amazed me. I didn't know it was possible. It never happened to me before. I was dumbfounded. I was flabbergasted. Anyway... This is Big Papa Smurf signing out, motherfuckers. Hope I'm glad you guys are still doing this podcast. It's the high point of my week most of the time in my mundane existence. You guys have a great fucking time. Love you. Always good to hear from you there, Big Papa Smurf. Yeah, I hadn't heard from him in a while. You know, I can't, I can't remember last time that guy called in. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Now this guy, mm-hmm. this guy leads an interesting life. He does. He really does. And he's, he's got an a pretty great cat. band. Yeah. Um, but I. Uh, be careful with those rednecks. <laughs> Jesus, like you're going right into the den of rednecks. It's Did you like see a, that movie? Where, yeah, bar. he's in a band. Did you see that movie with the band that goes to play at like a fucking, uh, like a skinhead bar and Patrick Stewart tries to kill them? Yeah, was it called like the Green, green room. Door? Green Room. Green Room. The Green yeah. Room. Yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of like that movie. That, no, that was a really good movie, and it had yeah, that yeah. kid that uh, that was from. He played Chekhov in the new Star Trek movies, right? And then the girl from uh, Rest Development. Yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't that guy that played Chekhov didn't he die and like he did. like his yeah, he his did. car like crushed him? Yeah, his car crushed him. Uh, and it was like weird, around that time that like a bunch of stupid celebrities were dying from cars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like remember yeah, that, the guy from that, Fast and the Furious also it was like cars were just killing people in this town. Yeah, he was like driving with a buddy and it's like the car flipped over or something. Yeah. They hit a telephone pole. That was actually not even that far from here. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, oh, that's weird. Mm. Uh, people call Sticker on Hotline 323-522-4032. Uh, best way to support the show is by becoming a sticker on patron, uh, patron, patron, <laughs> a patron, <laughs> a sticker on patron. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash sticker patron. See patron. Sign up today. Name? What is your name, sir? <laughs> Sign. Patron. See. 
Patron. Um, but we, we thank everybody for donating to Patreon. Uh, you really helped the show. Uh, you know, recently we got a couple uh, couple people signed up this past week, and uh, it, that, it's really cool. You're gonna, you, sir, that signed up this week, you're going to get uh, the, our outtakes where you can hear uh, me and Harrison's opinion on the new Joker movie mm-hmm. and the incels that are going to kill you when you go see it in the theater. Um, also, you can hear about the, the... Didn't we talk about the, the interview I did with that feminist lady that kind of was 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 saying... At my work, this woman was oh, interviewing yeah. for a spot and then she started going off on white male privilege, which was weird to do during a job interview. Yeah, it's not the best place to do that. I wouldn't advise to, to uh, someone to do that. Um, we also kind of touch on the uh, the impeachment, possible impeachment, I guess, mm. for our fearless leader. <laughs> Fearful leader. Uh, but anyway, fearful go to, go to patreon.com. Yeah, fearful mess. Uh, patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Sign up today and you'll get hours of extra content. Extra sick and wrong content. Oh, yeah. The sick and wrong song of the week came in from a guy who calls himself Asdus X. He says, Mr. Demon Simon and fucking Harrison. You mentioned David Lee Hart and his terrible puppetry in episode 702. And it reminded me of a remix of one of his songs by these footwork artists, uh, DJ PayPal and Rizla. Do you know them? No, no idea. It's all Greek to me. No idea what anyone was talking about. You don't know who David Liebehart is? No. He's like a... He's on Tim and Eric's awesome show, but he actually is an L.A outsider musician okay. that they found i think at like an open mic and he, he's like this older dude that has these like disgusting ventriloquist dolls like they're just really creepy looking i wouldn't say disgusting they're just creepy looking All right. and he does these songs there's one song he did here is called don't sniff glue and these uh hip dj guys remixed it great He says, no doubt it will sound like that newfangled computer music to your leathery old Jew ears, but it's pretty catchy either way. Keep it in the EU. Keep it out of the EU. Shake it all about. This country's fucked anyway. (laughs) Love you guys. Keep up the amazing craft work as this. Well, thank you there, Asdis, for saying that in. I do love the music of David Liebehart. So we're going to end the show here with David Liebehart's Don't Sniff Glue, remixed by PayPal and Rizla. Uh, People will be back next week with episode 707. Till then, take a sleazy. Don't sniff that glue. Don't sniff that glue. Don't sniff that glue. Don't sniff that glue, it's really bad for you. Don't sniff that glue, it's really bad for you. Don't sniff that glue, it's really bad for you. Don't sniff that glue, it can kill you. It's gonna give your parents and the people that love you the glue. Glue is worse than marijuana, it's worse than cocaine. It's gonna drive you insane. Don't sniff that glue, it's bad for you. Don't sniff that glue, it's bad for you. Don't sniff that glue. Don't sniff that glue. Don't give that blues. Don't give that blues. Don't give me the blues.
kill you. Don't step back. Don't step back. Podcast.com page. Who are those homos you get on the top of the page here by the Empire Massage? Like, they wouldn't do anything but massage each other. Fucking faggots. <laughs> 